years ago, I took a spiritual gifts test. And my results were, I felt somewhat predictable. Um, I scored high in the gift of helps. And at the time, I was the administrator administrative assistant for our church. And um, so I was in a support role. I had the gift of hospitality, which my home was always full of teenagers and our basement bedrooms were a revolving door of young adults from our church who needed a place to live. Uh, but the gift that I scored the highest on by far was faith. And I remember at the time thinking, well, yeah, like it's kind of what this whole Christian thing is about. I mean, we all have faith, right? Like I was kind of disappointed. Like, why didn't I get like a good gift? <laughs> and the thing is with this Christian thing, like it's what it's about. We believe in a God we cannot see who spoke the world into existence with his words, who came to earth to dwell as a man, who performed miracles while he was here and who was crucified to pay the penalty for our sin who was raised from the dead and is coming back someday to bring us home to dwell with him forever in heaven. That takes faith. But what I found is that while we all have faith for salvation, many struggle to believe and live out everything that God's word says about who he is and what he says he will do. And I've never really understood this because if I, if I have the faith to believe all of that, everything he did with salvation, why would I not believe every scripture about healing or deliverance or provision? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Tom explained in a recent sermon that this idea of hope is not just like wish upon a star. I hope this thing might happen if I hope it. It's more I expect that this hopeful thing will happen. The NIV says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So I am confident in this hopeful expectation. I expect that when I pray for provision, that God will provide because he says he will provide. And because I expect that he will provide, I trust him and I order my life around his provision, not mine. And I can trust him because I know that he is good. He doesn't just do good sometimes. He is good. Faith is simple when we understand and truly believe who God is. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I can ask my heavenly Father, for whatever I need, knowing that he will provide my needs. Not always my wants, but my needs. In the book Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, he describes prayer like a child asking his parent for lunch. They ask fully expecting that lunch will be provided. Because my kids have grown up in a stable, loving, food without food, or loving home without food scarcity, 
The thought never enters their mind that I might not give them lunch when they ask for it. Now, they know it might not be in the timetable that they want, and it might not be exactly what they want, but I will give them what they need. If my son Gio had his choice, he would eat macaroni and cheese for every meal. And I love to give him macaroni and cheese. I love to delight his heart. But because I love him, sometimes I'm going to make him eat chicken and an apple because he needs chicken and an apple. But that doesn't shake his faith in my love for him or my ability or my faithfulness to give him the meal that he needs. When I come to prayer, I can ask confidently with a heart of submission, trusting that the Lord will respond with the good thing that I need, whether I know I need it or not. He gives us out of his nature what we need when we rest in the expectant hope of his goodness. We know that he has all power and authority. Jesus declares in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He has all authority. There is nothing in heaven or on earth that is exempt from his authority. And we know that he is good. His majestic nature, coupled with his goodness, empower us to ask in in audacious faith with expectant hope. We're going to go to prayer in in a few moments for healing. And my personal healing story directly illustrates that expectant hope in God's majestic goodness. For eight years, I had chronic headaches and sleeplessness and fatigue. Um, I kind of dismissed it for a while because you're like, yeah, everybody gets headaches. But it it kept increasing in intensity and frequency to the point where it was really debilitating in my life. It was really difficult uh, to enjoy my children and my ministry and everything. Um, And so I had exhausted every earthly means I could think of for healing for this. I even went to a naturopathic doctor and she gave me 29 different foods that I should avoid. Um, and I, and it was very uh, life altering. And I remember before I started this, I was like, Lord, do, do I have to do this? And he said, look and see what I will do. Which I thought was kind of vague, but I was like, okay, I, I think that means I'm supposed to try it. So I did. And after like two weeks, I was headache free. And I was sleeping through the night and I was like, this is amazing. I mean, this food thing, this, this thing really sucks. Like this is really hard and really difficult. I can't go to a restaurant when someone asks me to their house for dinner. It's a nightmare because I have to be like this annoying diva and ask them what they're serving and offer to bring my own food, like some little snot. And I'm like, I hated it. But I was like, I'm headache free. This is amazing. I, it's worth it. But it was impossible to be perfect all the time. And so then when I'd have a slip up, I wouldn't just get one headache, I'd have headaches for weeks. And so now I'm miserable because I can't eat anything yummy and I'm miserable because I'm still in pain. And I was like, God, the only solution to this problem is you. And I know that you can heal me. And so I need you to heal me. And so I went to a prayer meeting that night at the Matthews house, I had a horrible headache. And I was like, I'm gonna, I, there's all these praying people here who believe that God's gonna pray, they've got the faith, I'm gonna have them pray and I'm gonna get healed. And I was, as we're worshiping, I'm just crying out. I'm like, Lord, I need you to heal me. And I heard him say, I love you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, cool. <laughs> I, I want you to heal me. I'm, my head, it's like, I've got so much pain. And he's like, I love you. 
And then he proceeded to show me images of myself as a child, like just playing by myself outside. And my heart overflowed with the love of the father for that child who wasn't doing anything. She wasn't achieving anything. She wasn't serving him in any way. She wasn't doing anything. And he, he began to heal that part of me that thought I had to earn God's love. He showed me how much he loved me. And so I asked for prayer for that night. And yeah, I, I didn't really have much difference. You know, I had people praying. But I felt the Lord impress on me that I was supposed to be like the persistent widow. And I was supposed to just keep knocking and just be like, God, I need you to heal me. And so I determined I was continually going to ask him for prayer. And every time I asked him, he showed me something different. He addressed something different in my life that he needed to address. And after a bunch of prayer, he, he addressed, um, after a bunch of prayer with Terry, he, uh, I got bold and I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I've been kind of headache free. I'm gonna stop eating the foods. I'm gonna stop like, or I'm gonna start eating the foods. I'm gonna stop this food restriction. And so I did and, and I ate fried chicken and a bite of a biscuit and coleslaw and it was amazing and I didn't get a headache and I had like a month where I was headache free and then Tom announced it to the, ser to the service and everyone applauded I'm like praise God and the next day I woke up with a headache after a month and I was like what is this and God led me down a path of spiritual warfare and learning about spiritual warfare and learning so much about like how to battle and and then he taught me um, that he wanted to overcome my fear of man and he wanted to call me out to step out in, into spiritual gifts and erase the fear of man from the one time I did it and I got crushed by someone because I didn't do it just right and he's like no I want you to step out and he addressed unrepentant anger that I had in my heart from someone who had sinned against me and my husband 18 years ago, who's never repented, who's never asked for forgiveness. So I couldn't give them forgiveness. I couldn't get resolution, but I could repent of the anger. And like a week later, I saw a picture of that person on Facebook with a mutual friend. And for the first time in 18 years, the knife didn't twist in my stomach. And I just like looked at the picture and I was like, huh, there's a person I used to know. That's interesting. And I was like, Lord, you, you set me free from that anger. And each time as the Lord's been doing this, the headaches are less and less frequent. He taught me about rest. He taught me that I didn't have to earn rest and Sabbath, but that it was part of my, my life rhythm. And I had to just take rest, even if all my work wasn't done. He gave me so many good gifts on the way to healing. He could have healed me in an instant. He has the power. He could have just been like, you're done with headaches. They're all done. But instead, he knew what I needed was healing for the spiritual and emotional sickness in my soul that was causing the headaches. I had someone ask me, pose the question a few weeks ago, does a Christian who is sick have to seek healing? Like, is it required? What if, like, they don't want healing to be the central focus of their spiritual life? And, and at the time, I didn't really have a strong answer. But now I'm thinking, why, why wouldn't you? You know, unless you've sought healing and the Lord has spoken to you like he spoke to Paul and said, my grace is sufficient. I'm not going to remove this thorn. What if I had said, you know what, it's just headaches. I'm just going to live with it like I did for eight years. Look at all that the Lord did in my life in the last year because I was seeking healing and he gave me these good gifts.
So we can seek Him audaciously. We can ask Him for the moon. But when we do it with a heart of submission that, Lord, I, I need you to do this. And I know that whatever you give me, even if it's not that exactly, I know it's going to be good. Think of all the good gifts He's going to give. One of my favorite prayers in the Bible comes from Mark 9. It's a story of a boy who was afflicted in terrible ways by an evil spirit. They brought the boy to Jesus. And in verse 21, it says, And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Some of you may be struggling with this. You understand that God is all powerful and you understand that he is good. You can reason it in your mind, but there's a part of your heart that hasn't firmly grasped this truth. If you are in this place of believing but not fully believing, you can pray today, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. As we go to prayer for healing, go in the expectant hope of the powerful goodness of God to provide exactly what you need.